Thanks for tuning in, guys. This episode of the Gypsy Jazz Hangouts podcast is sponsored by the Gypsy Jazz Festival of London Festival 2020 charity album. Of course, this is Toby Medlin's uh, recording project. He's put together an all-star lineup to do a nine-track album to raise money for uh, music venues that have been struggling due to the COVID, due to the lockdown, etc. It's a fantastic album. Uh, it's all for charity, so totally worth getting. Uh, and it's gypsy jazz, some more modern style jazz stuff, some swing, a bit, bit of everything really. But yeah, look at some of the performers here. Look, Pete Long, Nigel Price, Filippo, you know him, episode two. Ian Shaw, Antoine Boyer. Bloody hell, that is good. Harry Diplock, uh, Toby, of course, Matt Holborn, Daniel John Martin down there. Loads of good stuff. You can go to the website or you can go to the Bandcamp where you can listen to it. And then you can hit this one, buy digital album. And then you can buy it for what is recommended or you can buy it for any price you want. I mean, it's a charity thing, so, you know, do be, do be generous. Click that link, get it bought, send some money over because it's all for a really good cause. This episode, we went to the pub because we all like doing that. Fantastic pub in Highgate called The Woodman uh, that has live jazz on, or at least did, you know, back before the event. Uh, and we sat down, we had a talk with the owner of the venue and asked him about how, how he's been coping with, with the lockdown and, 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 and everything. Has he had any help from the government? What's the plan like for the future, getting gigs back on? How soon can we get back to normal? Really interesting chat, so super cool guy. And apart from that, it's just, uh, just us four just having a drink in the beer garden, playing some tunes. Toby Medlin on the violin, um, Curtis Volp on a really nice archstock guitar. Marcus Penrose on bass and myself just trying to keep up so enjoy the podcast like subscribe share it you know all that usual stuff and yeah cheers enjoy I really like it. Yeah, yeah. It's one of the three I know. So the bridge goes to E
Thanks for coming on the podcast, everybody. Curtis Volk from the guitar, how are you? Alright, well, quite a shit load of changes on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Marcus Penrose, you doing alright? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Good man. Tobin? Yeah, same, same as yesterday, I guess. Yeah, same as yesterday. <laughs> now, I saw well, you. Actually, slightly worse than yesterday, given the hammer. Yeah, yeah. Which is a sign of a good night out. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, I saw you yesterday. I haven't seen either of you guys. Did you two get pissed yesterday? Yeah, and Steve. <laughs> Um, we uh, well because we were going to do this yesterday and then we couldn't, but we came down anyway just for a jam and just to check the place out. And it's a nice place, isn't it? It's lovely, yeah. Yeah, really nice. Nice beer garden. Um, so I haven't seen you guys since before lockdown. How has it been since the event? Killing man, it's been fantastic. <laughs> Geeks coming out of years, it's been a really fulfilling period of my life. Yeah, <laughs> busy. Lots of lonely walks lots of dark yeah. has anybody oh, you say something else then lonely, uh, lonely. we don't want to know about that that's that's, that's a different kind of podcast yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> has anybody managed to be getting any gigs recently any teaching or anything like that mm. when did we have a gig was, um, oh the, with Kitty Whitelaw yeah, and we've got yeah another nice. one in, uh, next week isn't it the Eleanor Arms? Yeah, Eleanor Arms. Yeah, it's like a jam or something, right? Jam after, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. well, that's a great pub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where is it? Frankie. Good old Frankie. Frankie? Oh, is he the guy who runs it? Yeah. Cool dude. Great guy, yeah. He's, he's the landlord of the pub. And he's, yeah. Loves his jazz. Good. Well, he'll love us. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, about yeah, you, Kurt? What's it been for you? Because are you still at Guildhall? No, have you finished Guildhall? I finished last year. Okay. Yeah, I've had. I've actually had quite a lot since like up until two weeks time I'm actually really busy weirdly but then after October it's just like nothing so yeah I've been, I think I've been quite lucky to be honest yeah um, but it's also just been a case of like I will literally do anything for money because I have yeah. none that was true for um, me before the lockdown to be honest yeah. I'm not just talking about gigs either like you know <laughs> well, I thought you were going to talk about that <laughs> Well, what sort of gigs have you have been doing? Like, uh, so like, I've done a couple of the Neds, which uh, is uh, sort of like twenties, thirties swing, which is nice. Uh, I did a week at Dell's, which is like French, not like gypsy jazz French, but like uh, Parisian, ca- like ca- yeah, ca- musette ca- kind ca- of stuff. Words I uh, <laughs> like French, Parisian, thirties, forties swing, but like not in a gypsy way which yeah. sounds weird but just yeah. swing era yeah stuff. and then I, I'm doing a show at Royal Central at the moment which is quite nice because it's quite well paced it's a drama school always uh, always outside don't it yeah and that's that's it basically so, yeah. yeah it's yeah. nice what guitar is that it looks really really nice it is the 1945 Epiphone Emperor that actually I bought off Jake Paul I don't know if you know Jake. Oh! Uh, Actually, yeah, I think I might have done a gig yeah. with him when he was playing that guitar. But it's, I mean, it's when he had it, it was like, I think it had like 11s on it or something. It okay. just, but I primarily use it to play rhythm guitar in like the 20s dance orchestras. So I was like, how can I make this loud so that the action is pretty I comment high. on your strings. Do you actually clip them? Yeah, because if you, if you compare the contrast, like, yeah. the, the, the thing is, because the scale of this guitar is actually really long because of the frequency to tuning post. Yeah. That that D and that G string only just stretched to about like there. Right. So it's like, I think it's difficult. You actually just like really. So it barely needs any clipping. Yeah. 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 
But it's nice. I mean, it's like every time I took it out of this case, it gets fucked. Uh, sorry, uh, bang. Are we allowed to swear on this? Just put in e. We'll, we'll decide later. Swear, okay. and then if I want to bleep out, I will. Every time I take it out, so you can literally say whatever. Yeah. Because I'll bleep that out if I need to. Every time I take it out of this case, it gets. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Go for it, lads. Do what you want. It doesn't matter. Like, have, have a whale of a time with it. No, I like it. I mean, it, I, I said before, it needs quite a bit of repair work doing to it, but. Uh, now, so look, um, we've had lockdown, most of us haven't had any gigs. I'm, I have a day job and I got furloughed during the lockdown and now I'm back to work. So, okay, not having gigs, not being able to teach, I've lost a big chunk of my income. Yeah. But it's not been too bad. But you lads, because you, you, you're full time. Yeah. And yeah, you're full time. Oh, brilliant. Um, yeah, this is time over here. Thanks, mate. So that's the pail. Thanks, mate. Cheers. Did you guys manage to get any help from the government as musicians? Minimal. Minimal? Yeah. Um, like, uh, personally, I, I, was, I, could, I, didn't, I couldn't get the self-employed help because I haven't been self-employed long enough. It seems a bit, a bit silly. How long have you got to be self-employed to get um, the help? I've only been officially one year. I think it's three. No, you could get it for one year. Well, I can. Yeah. I tried. <laughs> <laughs> so I went on Universal Credit, which is four, it's gone up to four hundred pounds a month now, which is, I mean, it's slightly less than what I was earning before, but it's all right. Yeah. But like, but yeah, it's, it's, yeah. So I haven't been helped by the government much, but <coughs> Universal Credit's all right. I managed to get this self-employed income support, which was kind of fine because I wasn't really moving around very much, so my expenses were right down. Okay. So. I managed to get the 80% of my usual income. Nice, okay. For sitting around doing nothing at home. So, so that's like furlough, basically? Yeah, yeah, it's kind of self employed furlough. I've got some money from the Arts Council as well, which I just asked for. It's a really oh, that's nice. thing, which is really nice. That's great, yeah. Um, yeah, it just bought me some time, really. So yeah. that's six months of the corona thing that we've had so far. Yeah. Kind of haven't really lost out that much. This is the thing, because I mean, it's all a case of when we can all get back to work properly. Yeah. And it's, yeah. there's just so much uncertainty, like, and, you know, we've done, like I say, we've managed to do one or two little gigs, but one, the gigs that I have done aren't really paying the same as they were before. Partly because if you're doing it at a venue, even if you're selling tickets, you can't sell as many tickets because the venues have to have social distancing, they've got less capacity. Um, and, like, pub gigs and stuff, it's really hard to get them because, well, they've lost loads of money over lockdown. Yeah. They've opened up to a limited capacity. And to be fair, they're all quite busy because everybody's been locked up they want to go to the pub. So they don't need a live band to bring mm. people in and they can't afford one anyway. Yeah. But it's just impossible to tell when that's going to change and when we can all get back to a similar level it's of work. It's just that thing, isn't it, of like, to make a living as a professional musician, as a full-time musician, it's kind of like a jigsaw, isn't it? Like every, everyone's got their own unique sort of set of contacts yeah. um, and their own coincidences that led them into and you sort of, over a period of time you make that work and it, your income comes from yeah, loads of different sources and you need all of those pieces in place to, yeah. to make it work so yeah. it's just like well, yeah, I mean, gigging is one, it's going to be difficult for all those to back, fall back in place yeah. I think on the other hand though like, talking to venue owners and like, restaurant owners they don't want it to feel when they've reopened like 
some sort of like medical hospital. Totally, yeah. They want it, to, you know, they want it to sort of go back to normal. So mm. uh, I think that, you know, I think there are some gigs have come back. Yeah. Uh, and will stay back because you know you don't want to go somewhere and you only stay at your table sitting in complete silence. Well, a lot of the venues are reopening now. Yeah. Like last week or this week or something. Oh, I've heard rumours about Ronnie's last week. Oh, aye. Go on. What's the goss? I've got some. Oh, go on. you got to say it now. Say it now. Yeah, I, honestly, I'll edit it out, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> no, just that it's maybe not going to stay open for as long as. Really, really struggling financially. Well, I mean, they're down to 50%, which, um, yeah. I mean, this place is down to, what, 75%? Is that, yeah. Is that the same? No, I think, yeah, it's 75% capacity, so they've lost 25% of what yeah. they can have in here. But like 50% of all your earnings lost quite a considerable amount. Yeah. Well, totally. I think the break even point of like, a lot of these places is not, it's, like, it's quite high. Like, yeah. you know, the Dells, uh, in order for them to break even, in the restaurant, they've got to fill like 75%, 80% of their seats. Yeah. And that's not just like uh, in the evening, that's like throughout the day. And they're yeah. only opening in the evening. They're all busy in the evenings. But yeah. You don't really. Yeah, but like the, the lease is so. It's so expensive. Yeah. Well, you know, you don't realise, like, you think of a Ronnie Scott's or a big venue, you think they're just flush with cash, you've got loads. And okay, there's a lot of money going over, over the bar and into the till, but there's a lot going out. So the Jazz Cafe in Camden, I heard they pay 30 grand a, a month in rent. So what's that, what's that a year? It's 300 grand-ish, 360 grand or whatever it is. That's a lot of, you know, tickets to sell, pints to sell, whatever. And, and like, this guy, we were going to talk to the owner, this guy, he's gone out to lunch, but he might be back before we finish. But he was saying, I won't say how much he pays rent here, but he got zero rent uh, deduction. So he's having to pay the full rent for how many months of downtime? Like three or four Six, months of downtime? Five months. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, whenever the pub's open. You know, no wonder the place is going to close down. And you think Ronnie Scott's or something like that, that's a massive place, but they pay so much in rent, they can't afford to have any downtime. Yeah. It's like with theatres, isn't it? Like a theatre relies on full houses. Yeah. So they, they really literally can't operate at one third capacity or whatever it is they're being asked to do. Because yeah. every time they open their door and they haven't got a full house, they're losing shitloads of money. Yeah. I think so. the, the problem with theatres though is like people that own the theatres have got shit tons of money. Some they, of the theatres, like central London ones, yeah. Yeah, yeah, regional but, yeah if regional's not, but they should hopefully get them taken care of by the arts council. Yeah. I'm sure they won't, but like, you know, I think it's really bad when like, people like Cameron Macintosh and Whoever like laying off all their staff. Yeah. Yeah. So does anybody have a plan then for mm. what how we're gonna make some money in the next few months? Because I'm not bank. Because <laughs> uh, money out of that. You probably can if you film it. Oh yeah, if you make probably. it really dramatic. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like yeah, a yeah. film, like a if, 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 you goes film. if you can fake your own suicide <laughs> yeah. and then get the money for it. Yeah. Now he tells me. Would you get so money? This is what we've what it's come to for us musicians. Fraud and suicide are what we're what we're talking about now. <laughs> but really though, like, because I I don't really have much. Um, I'm not thinking a lot about gigs now for the next six, twelve months. I'm thinking more teaching. I'm thinking more online teaching as well, Zoom stuff. I've been looking for a job. 
Tom Manison, the bass player, whom I think all of us know, uh, he's had that RAF gig for a while, and yeah, did his 10 weeks basic training. And you have to do, I mean, you get a lot of gigs, you get a lot of work, and you get like a house. The other people seem nice, they, they seem like good. Yeah. I don't know about the arm, but the musicians all seem like good. But They're not creatively fulfilling. Well, this is it, yeah, this is it. And not for you. No. <laughs> It would be the driest experience of it. Yeah. It would, but for a few years of having a salary, getting a subsidised house, like I, still doing music, you know, yeah. it's a bit But you know what, like, though? He's, Tom's in Birmingham now. Uh, he's been redeployed to Birmingham. He doesn't get a say in the map. You live where the army tells you to live. He was in Ricelip. Now he's gone to Birmingham. Something to do with coronavirus. And if we do go to war, he might have to go fight in a war. That's it. You are on the list of cannon yeah, exactly. <laughs> Probably quite high on the list of cannon it, 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 yeah, It's like that. The low-trained musician. It's a motivational thing, isn't it? And <laughs> the probably the biggest motivation for the army is like seeing people who play music they dislike getting killed. It's, <laughs> it's like that episode of Futurama. You know that episode of Futurama where uh, Fry finds out that goes to the shop and he wants to buy a pack of gum and it says if you join the army you get a free pack of gum so him and Bender sign up to join the army get the pack of gum and as soon as they do war gets declared on Mars and they have to go to war <laughs> yeah that'll be what happens uh, lads let's play another tune on that militaristic note anybody got any requests is anyone going Japanese Sandman I don't I know the name I know the name because there was a guy that used to come to gigs in York called Tim and we love him and he's really drunk and he would just stand at the back of the room going play Japanese Sandman <laughs> or sometimes just Japanese Sandman and nobody had a clue what he was talking about great tune yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's a, yeah, but I don't know it and my iReal book is I don't, uh, think it, I don't think it'll be in the iReal book 
Let's just pick another one. Yeah. Yeah. Is it? It's pretty straightforward, isn't it? Yeah. Huh? Let's just pick another one. Yeah. Do you have any sandbags in the eye Wow. Is it really? Coming up. Um, do we know just stolen moments? Not very well. Yeah, we've already done four blues. Right? Why don't we just do, uh, do Sandu? Is that just a blues? Kind of madness. Yeah, remember um, the blues, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, <laughs> right, Sandu, and what key is this in? Oh, we don't have to, it's, it's a blues. Right, I was just joking. Really. Alright, well, let's play. Um, come on, chaps. Does anyone know Paul uh, Butterfly? No, I don't. We were meant to have this conversation before we started recording because, like, do you know what I mean? Although just like a nice gypsy jazz like I found a new baby. Yeah, yeah, gone, yeah. Sweet, uh, I found a new baby. With the verse? Or? No, I just need to there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, D minor F. Cool. Nailed it. Oh. Oh, I found a new baby. Uh, F, D minor. Nice one, okay.
I don't think there's ever been an ended on the. I don't think there's ever been an ended on the podcast that went according to yeah, plan. Yeah, yeah. So we'll, in that tradition, we shall remain. <laughs> Lovely. Stay in the tradition. Absolutely. It's yeah. Good, I mean, it's it's like a conservative government, that though, isn't it? <laughs> I was going to say, how are you finding your new guitar? Loving it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely loving it. Oh, shout out to Alex Darley for selling it to me. Very nice chap, lives in Frodsham. Went yeah. all the way up. Um, Liverpool. Yeah, just, uh, near, just near Liverpool. East, west, uh, west Coast. Uh, east, also, east of oh. the sun. Yeah, it's a quick one, aren't we? No. Yeah. Um, so the bridge that it came with, so this is JCW, JWC, uh, Prima Jazz, uh, really nice guitar. The bridge that it came with I thought was a bit small, so the action was kind of too low, so it wasn't really singing and like it was rattling a lot at the bottom. Uh, and I'm going to take it to Alex Bishop. Yeah, just raise it the bridge. Um, it's just a makeshift thing, so I'm going to go to Alex Bishop, get a setup done on it, and get a new bridge. It's slightly quieter yeah. because the sound doesn't travel through plastic as well as I've it travels never, through ebony. I've never thought about this, but those sorts of like long bridges must be great because the amount of transference you must get totally. from the strings to the, to the body. Is yeah, yeah, they're really good. Uh, you put plastic in yeah, I know. <laughs> no, especially when you buy plastic. <laughs> but like, um, science, science. Yeah, really pleased with it. So yeah, yeah it looks nice. thanks to Alex Darling. Yeah. Is it a solid top? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know much about guitars, but when I go to see Alex Bishop, I might even like just film the 20 minutes with him to teach me stuff about guitars, because I love guitars, I like playing them, and I like music, but I don't really know a great deal about guitars. Yeah. I got a couple of weeks ago, Oh wow. so it's second, or maybe even third hand actually. Yeah. I think it was made in 2015, I think. Uh, Could you tell me the difference? Uh, the main difference that, that I, I'm aware of is that the D-holes are mainly made to be accompaniment in jazz orchestras right. and, the, and the oval hole was meant to be for doing lead playing because it just concentrates the sound yeah, so the sound's yeah, meant yeah. to travel a bit further. But does, so like on the old like Selma McBerry's and the oval hole ones were more for that reason? Yeah I think so. Well th this is actually Built on the same plans as the as the Macrae Selmers. Okay. It's, it's like a replica, basically. Yeah. Without the resonator inside, they don't do that anymore. So do, do our instruments, your guitar, which is, I guess, slightly rare with F-holes? Well, for, for an arch top, not, no, generally. Okay, okay. But, yeah. well, uh, do you think F-holes are designed to have like a more even spread? I think it's, it's literally early guitars were copying violins. Yeah, the yeah. Well, because Lloyd, Lloyd Law introduced it on mandolins initially in like 1922, and he introduced the concept. Archtops had already existed, but of like epaulets and like more strictly copying the, the design of the violin, which then sort of got transplanted over to guitars. So I think it. Yeah, I think it is. I mean, it's probably for a reason that it isn't just aesthetic. I mean, it isn't just appearance. It is a little bit aesthetic, though, as well. Like, yeah, I Because mean, yeah, yeah, you yeah. can get, like, electric guitars that have those F-holes painted on. It's like a solid yeah, body. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I think Paul Gilbert has one like that. Yeah, they don't have to be quite as flamboyant as that, do they? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, the violin with a hole with a... I guess a lot... 
What, what, why do violins have those Because that's just, that's just F for forte, which means loud. Um, well, I guess if you have it in the middle, the guitar's have sound posts. Huh? Does the guitar have a sound post? I don't no. know. But no, okay. Get into the um, So, like, obviously the sound in a violin gets transferred from the strings through the bridge down through the, down through the sound post. So I guess because if there was a hole in the middle, that would affect that transfer. Maybe. <coughs> yeah, I guess your bridge is there as well, isn't it? Yes, yeah, I mean, they're just completely different. So I guess the f have that. There. But it is, you know, you you would think it's got to be, you know, it would be a remarkable co coincidence if the shape that is the loudest shape happens to also be the beginning of the word loud yeah, yeah, in, sure, in sure. Italian. I mean, like, the song, like, in Czechoslovakia, I know, during, like, communist years, they used to build archstock guitars which had both. They had that and the Yeah, guitar. I've seen guitars like that, yeah. But like, surely that must be just quieter because it's like you run out of wood to vibrate. Th there must be a ratio of hole to surface that's just optimal. But I reckon it's also the neck. Because it's, if you've got a longer scale neck, yeah. you've got more strings are going to vibrate. Yeah. So you're going to get more vibration on the top, aren't you? Yeah. So I reckon like longer neck, longer scale neck, yeah, and, and again, there's got to be some kind of optimal, like, any longer. And you, there'll be a bit where it gets too long where you start losing it, I don't know, know man. I, mean? I think you can just keep going. <laughs> I think you should just, like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Cobwebs. You must not... That must get played all the time, that nice guitar. No, I thought you just going down to the tree. Hi. All right. Yeah, nice. Um, There's a, sp a spider crawling on, on Steve yesterday. I had to like get Oh, the yeah, I remember that. <laughs> Do you remember that? The spider that was like, oh, <laughs> so good with shivers. Um, Toby, uh, before I forget, yeah. you need to talk about your new charity album. Yeah, yes. that's the thing. Uh, so tell us all about it. What's tell all about, about it? Um, who's on it and right, um, how do we buy it? So I'll start with how you buy it, that's yeah. the most important thing. Go to www.gjflondon.com. GJF stands for Gypsy Jazz, Jazz Festival of London. London. Uh, London. Recordings, easy to find on the Facebook. Um, it's basically just a big old compilation style album. So I, it's all virtually recorded and I got the individual tracks together and mixed it and whatever. Uh, how many tracks? Who's on? Them? So there's 40 people in all. Uh, 40 different 40. musicians? Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's, a, it's, a, wow. yeah, it's, it's fun. It's, it's a big thing. Like, uh, so quite, I mean, a mixture of really, really well known people. In, but just hang on a minute. This was done during lockdown, right? It so everybody recorded at home. All home, yeah, all in their bedrooms or wherever. They and then it. sent it to you, and you put all these tracks together yeah. to make. Yeah, to make a nine, nine track album. Uh, all Elton John, Elton John, <laughs> and um, George Michael. Chrissy uh, <laughs> Jones has a turn on there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's fun. We've got some. I've, I've got some quite well-known people like Ian Shaw, Nigel Price. I won't name everyone because people will get left Just out. name the like, famous people. <laughs> Anton Boyer. Anton Boyer, um, that's cool. What, 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 what does he do? It's <laughs> funny, he has a solo. He just plays one little solo. Nice. Half, half chorus solo on Stardust with, with Ian Shaw singing. Amazing. Um, it's a nice, yeah, it's nice and they do well. That's like, cool because Anton Boyer is, like, is genuinely one of the best guitar players in the world. You were supposed yeah, to be gigging with him, weren't you? When yeah. You that didn't happen. Is that, that going to happen again? Yeah, yeah, yeah? sure. Um, yeah. Next year, there's, there's some other players on it. Who, who else is on the album? There's um, some there's nice this, there's, this, there's this cool, like, uh, guitarist. Yeah? Who's, like, 
I can't remember his name, but uh, he's like this really beardy and oh, yeah. quite northern. Good looking guy. Uh, uh, in the right light. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you get on the right side. Yeah. Well, actually, both you and Marcus are on it. You're not Curtis Oz. What do you? Next what are you on? Probably bass on it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you. I thought you singing. Uh, what, yeah. what tune are you? Uh, I played Oblivion, didn't I? Olivia, yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, see the Walton tune. And isn't that going to be on the radio or something? Olivia tune. Can I not talk about that? Uh, not yet. Cause not, I, I don't know what tune will go on when it is. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if all goes to plan, Ian will me hopefully talk about one of the tunes on the show on Jazz FM. On Jazz FM. Yeah. Cool. So, and it's a charity album, right? The money's going to... All the money goes to a selection. So, basically, from the Cancel Festival... What? No, <laughs> from the Cancel Festival, there's nine venues, obviously. They've all been hit by the pandemic, so all the money goes to them, basically. Lovely. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So, go and buy it, because it's a charitable cause. And it's quite nice. You put a lot of work into it. Nothing special. It's like very the play, special. The is great. It's amazingly special. Right. It's the, the best album right. of the year. I mean, it by is. Miles. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's this thing here. Yeah. And what about the festival then? Is there any news on the festival that obviously got cancelled this year because of COVID? It's, it's, it's in the works. It's, in, yeah. it's being planned. As I've already got a few venues in. Uh, venues confirmed. Is there uh, a, a time scale on that? Uh, not. So, basically, I'm, I'm doing it a year. I keep on saying it's in a year's time. Lads, does anybody now. want another drink? No, I'm good. No, Toby? I'm good. Get another Camden Pale, please. I think all good. Yeah. Thanks, Manches. Um, I keep on saying it's going to be in a year's time from now. Yeah. Obviously now, because the pandemic keeps on shifting and shifting. So it's going to be in a year's time from when things get back Yeah, to so essentially you, haven't, you, you so can't put a date on it yet. Yeah, that's when you're 32. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that early? Um, I have got, I've got confirmed venues already, just dates, not basically. Yeah, cool. Exciting, man. Yeah, should be good. Yeah. Bigger and better, smaller and better. You know, I remember when you were first, um, it was approaching the, the festival, and the pandemic was just kind of on the news. There was a bit in China, it's been Italy all of a sudden. There was a few cases here. We were like, oh, is it going to affect the, uh, the festival? And there was an article saying like, this pandemic will probably be here and gone within about six weeks. And we were like, oh, well, the festival's in seven weeks, so it'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. It's in about seven There's months. There's a lot of denial going on. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think yeah. it still is, to be fair. Hilariously, I flew into Milan just as it was really kicking off. Oh, really? Yeah. But, like, I was over there, I was in a gig out in Switzerland and referred to Milan. And I was like, nothing. It was, and I got, was like, in the airport, everything was normal, no social distancing, anything. I got home and I was reading about how bad it was in the lab. Really? So even when you were there, you just, it didn't feel like it was a pandemic? No, not at all. To be fair, in London, not right as soon as lockdown started, but like a few weeks in, if you like went to parks, you wouldn't have known there was a global pandemic. And I'm not saying people were being totally irresponsible, but the parts were very busy. People were socially distancing. It's kind of been fine, isn't it? it like, yeah. Like, like my parents in Cornwall have me quite a lot during lockdown. Is everything all right up there? How is it? Nice. Yeah, my like, my dad was sort of picturing something like Mad Max down yeah. here. Do you know what I mean? I was quite looking forward to it being a Mad Max. <laughs> <laughs> when, when you look forward to the costumes, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> when they announced the closure of the pubs, um, I ran to Tesco's and like bought up. Stopped on the beer. All the London Prize. Oh. <laughs> Good man. Like, you know, I thought there was going to be this massive run on beer at the supermarkets, and that sort of was actually. Do you, do you know what? I was good. I didn't really drink much during the lockdown. I drank once 
I don't know, Friday nights, just on Friday nights when I had a Zoom only call. Drink, only drink professionally, don't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was sort of waiting until 6pm if I was paying for Yeah. <laughs> no, you're not. It's 6pm somewhere in the world. So yeah, it's yeah, when yeah. the sun's over the yard or whatever the yard are. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so the question is, when did you stop since from the last 6 p.m.? Okay. Oh, <laughs> yeah, so we, we, so we're still going on to sort of midday the next day. Do you think there'll be a second lockdown? Because in parts of the north, there almost has been. They've put stricter measures. In well, well, my, so I'm from Manchester, and my, my parents have been involved in that. Yeah. And it's like, actually, even though there's been a lockdown, it's not been a proper lockdown. Like, all the bars and restaurants... Still open. Yeah, and uh, you can still do pretty much everything. The only thing you can't do is sit in the garden with your grandmother. You can only do that if she sat at the table and you sit at the pub. Yeah, uh, it's, it's yeah, mad, yeah, isn't it? So it um, yeah, I think they're going to, basically, they're going to they're gonna try and protect the economy, aren't they? So they're gonna, the restrictions that we're going to face are going to be in our own homes. It's just, oh, uh, yeah, it's just so tricky. Like, i got a mate of mine who teaches music in schools, right? And now he's gone back to teaching and he has to go in a classroom with no kids and do a Zoom call to the classroom next door where the kids are and teach them like that. And then the bell rings and then they all just go into the hallway together. Do you know what I mean? So like they're hanging out anyway. And like a mate of mine came back from Holland, right? So when you come back from wherever, you have to do a bit of self-quarantining. So he come back from Holland and he has to sell quantity for two weeks. And he lives in a house with his wife and kids and they can go anywhere they want. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he was even saying like in the airport, I was just in a queue with all the other people who didn't have to sell quarantine. We're all like... It's hilarious, man. Yeah. It's, it's like, I remember, I also went to Spain in like the middle of March, right. just before we locked down. Yeah. Flew back to Heathrow. Spain was absolutely Boston Airport, nothing, like no restrictions or anything. Like the, this is the day before Spain was down, I flew back. Yeah. And then, you know, the government was like, oh yeah, you know, we've been doing checks at airports for like months. Wow. I called at the airport. Yeah. It was like, it was, you know, I was, I was perplexed. I was like, I'm going to go in and, you know, get a temperature taken, everything. Yeah, nothing, yeah, you're just walking through. Yeah. It's just, it's all optics, isn't it? It's just to say that. You know, when all the inquiries are happening in how many years' time, it's just to say, oh, well, we did put this measure in, even and though they didn't... And we told people to social distance. Yeah, yeah, we told people. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well. People couldn't maintain their discipline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, please, mate. Cheers. Thanks, man. Yeah, tune. tune. Bang out a tune. Bang out a tune. Bang one off. Let's knock one off. I can't believe you're in love with me. Don't know it, I'm afraid. <laughs> You, you, keep, you, have, you have a vast repertoire. Yeah, I've... like four gypsy jazz tunes, so... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, be with you an hour tonight? Do you know Blue Loose? Is it a blues? No. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. That. No, okay. I don't know. Um, can we do Zombie Arms? I haven't played that. We, we did that last one on the podcast before as well. Yeah. You know, do Zombie Arms, you know that one? No. Uh, is, let's, it, is it easy? Uh, yeah, there's a there's a bit, the middle bit is a bit of a thing. Um, what about um, um, Yeah, I just about know that. No? God, we are shit at playing too. So we are rubbish. <laughs> um, let's play. 
don't know any of that. I really don't know anything. Let, 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 let's do a ballad, right? A yeah, ballad cool. that everybody knows. Um, let's do I don't know it. Lots of nice ballads. I'm the weak link here, I don't know who this yeah. is. You know Body and Soul? Misty? Misty's cute. Misty. Yeah, yeah.
Nice, nice. Yeah, nice. I enjoyed that. Was good. The last time I played that was good. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, can. <laughs> totally allowed. Yeah, yeah. Covid laws that you're allowed to clap. I think it's just a law about when I do a it's gig, you're not allowed to clap. Yeah. I think that's just. It propels it forward. It does, isn't it? Science. Yeah, man. You and the mic, you and the mic in the music. Yeah. No, is that one? Yeah. Do you know that? Yeah. Wood der Nacht und der Musik. As our German friends would say. I want that tune though, like, I think it's a great tune by Errol Garner. His album was like massive. And if you listen to his tunes, he always plays a lot in the most pretty beautiful way. And yet, the only thing that anyone ever knows that he recorded was his mystery. Yeah, yeah. It's a real shame. He was definitely. It's quite prolific and he was good. Yeah. Do you know though, like. And Misty's definitely not his best. I mean, it's lovely, but he's a bit like. Isn't that the way with almost everybody? Like, yeah, almost yeah, every definitely. big jazz name thinker, they're famous for a tune which you wouldn't necessarily think is actually their best yeah. work. Miles Davis and kind of Blue. Which is good, but. Which is alright. But, but I think, like, the thing is, like, most jazzers will know, like, about, like, the different quintets and these different outputs. Whereas I think, with, you know, yeah, that's true with like sometimes the general public. But I think a lot of the time, like people are aware of the other stuff they've done. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's the same in any music though. Like you think of um, maybe pop, pop Justin Bieber. Think of Justin Bieber. No one knows any of Justin. Just, <laughs> <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong. But like I personally don't know any Justin Bieber except maybe. I can't think of any other Bob Justin Bieber tunes, but like. He's got a lot of them, probably. They're all probably very fine. I, I genuinely don't know any Justin Bieber tunes. Okay. If, if you played one to me now, I'd be like, who is that? And I don't know how I've avoided it. But I think I deserve some sort of like civilization medal for like an award or something. I should avoid that. Um, do you guys know Rick Beato? Yeah. YouTube guy. He did a video, he does a video like once a year where he just listens to the top 20. It's just like, let's see what kind of shit is in the top 20 these days and just critiques it and stuff. And like, there's a song at the minute. Do you remember we were, were you there when we were requested to play Cardi B? Song oh, yeah. And I haven't heard it yet. Um, but I saw he was going to talk about it on that video. So I stopped watching it because I was going to see how long I can go without hearing the song. Are you familiar with the song? I'm not at all, no. It's got a, a What's it called? it's called Wet Ass Puppy. Yeah, man. Which I might bleep out there. Is, have you heard it? Is it any good? No, I haven't heard it, but I like the title. <laughs> it's bound to be good. Wet ass puppy. Yeah, it's a number one. Best remember we were playing at Central, Central State Mines? What's a wet ass puppy? Those drunk exactly women were asking us to play it. You were like, what is this thing? What, what, what? Like, what is that song? <laughs> is it by Benny Goodman? I really, I really like the concept, though, of like, putting out commercial music that's just like, really explicit. So, hang on, yeah. is it a puppy? It's wet ass. Or is it a wet ass yeah. yeah. puppy? I think I think okay, ass yeah. is just ass a, it's exactly an emphasis word like very, but put after the word. So instead of very wet puppy, wet ass. puppy. <laughs> this might get it. This, this whole segment will just be a series of bleeps and of like, what on earth are they talking about? I don't know that far. I, I love the idea of just like music that is like not commercially viable but 
coming into the mainstream. Yeah. Probably yeah. quite conservative. What, what is this rapper? What's it's his thing? Like, yeah, it's just a rap, and he swears a lot and talks about like shanking people. I, I remember when um, I remember when Eminem was popular when I was a kid, and there was like a proper moral panic about about Eminem. It seems kind of silly in hindsight, but. Yeah, he actually did a tour with Marilyn Manson once, and there was literally like that was on the ten o'clock news that like civilization is coming to an end. What do you think about drill music? I've not heard much of it, and the bit I've heard doesn't really speak to me. Well, I think it's subversing the moral reality of the music. It's hardcore like South London rap where you just talk about like killing other gang members. Knifing gang members. You come across as being a chap who might be very much into drill well, music yourself. I think it's the jazz music of like 21st century. A lot of it's really London. good, isn't it? I reckon yeah, it's really good. Right? Yeah, yeah. There's cultural similarities, but there's not musical similarities, let's say. As in jazz music, what, what, what's good about it? Because like, genuinely, well, I, I don't really know what it is. Marcus, we, we actually been serious when we said Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, okay, I haven't okay, heard okay. that much of it, but some, you know, a lot of it's really well written. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's quite good. Who's the most famous drill rap artist? Maybe I've heard of them. I don't know any names. I don't know any names. Skepta. That is over. Skepta. I actually usually like like Skepta. Tinchy Strider. Is Wiley still about? Oh, God, I hope not. Oh, Wiley was alright. In his early, early grimes. In his early, like, guys. Oh, I heard a little bit about that. He said something on Twitter or something. He fell out with his manager. You happened to be a Jew, so he decided that Jews control the world from the music industry. He's been reading too much David Icke, that man. Probably. <laughs> yeah, that's bad. So he's uh, not got much of a career now. Well, I think he's actually officially retired anyway. But like, he's been banned from Twitter and shit. That's what you get. I think we can all agree he's a very bad man. Yeah. Although his early, early, early grime days were Gary Glitter, some of those tunes were. <laughs> do you ever, do you ever get this where like an artist that you has produced great music and you really like, but then you read up about them and they've got a terrible moral character? No, Does it ever make you not want to listen to the music? Again? Someone's artist. Because like I was about Miles to say Davis, for example, isn't a reflection of the character, but it literally hundred percent is, isn't it? It Chet could Baker be. sounds like a right cunt to me. I know, but there's. Yeah, I'm not talking about just being a wanker. I mean, like being like a bit evil. He used to be evil, wasn't he? Was he? Like, horrible, what did he do? Who's that? Chet Baker. Being a drug addict is evil. evil, but he's like troubled in in pain. I don't know if he's. Right, I mean, like, yeah. Sinatra was a pretty horrible character. Yeah. Anyway, we'll but I really, I, I mean, like, I don't think that subtracts from his music. Like, you know, when no. Cornelius Corkley, like, absolutely awesome. <laughs> he still makes alright guitar. And he still <laughs> makes shit music anyway, so you've not got a problem. Of course, you can see occasional gigs. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, for some people, it's like, if they hear that this person did something bad in the past, they're like, it's like... The, the big one is Michael Jackson, isn't it? A lot of people think, well, should they be playing this stuff on I'd the radio? I'd say the big, bigger one maybe is Wagner. You know, that like, is a big one, but... You know, like, Wagner's beliefs weren't a representation of Nazism much. I think, though, like, the problem with that, and I speak as someone who is Jewish, like, you can't really compare what was, like, the contemporary, uh, I, like, accepted ideology, moral ideology, in this case, eugenics, to today's standards. Mm. Like, yes, you know, we can look back and say, yeah, this, they were, we, we think they were wrong, 
Yeah, yeah. That's, that's fine. And potentially make a decision that we don't want to play their music or yeah. we don't want to listen to their music. But I don't think you can compare them to contemporary standards. I, I, I appreciate that. that I, if we look at us in 200 years... 100%, yeah, 100%. No, it's, it's unfair to judge his people in history by modern-day standards. I totally get it. But, like, personally, I mean... I don't. I wouldn't usually it's feel. There's going to be nothing left of this podcast. Yeah. It's just a series of bleeps. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. To be honest, like, you know, a Michael Jackson record comes on the radio or a party, I'm like, oh, it's just banging. But then in the back of my head, I'm be like, oh, I don't know. I feel a slight pang of guilt almost. I had, to, I had to play some on a gig when, when that documentary came out recently. The Find a Never- yeah, Neverland, yeah. 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 Is this alright? Yeah. yeah, I know. And yeah. I, I spoke to a mate and he was like, played for the band and half of it is like, it's a Motown band and half the, the material is MJ. Uh, and they got the tolls, they turned up to the gig, did the sound check, which was an MJ, so they were told, like, oh yeah, no MJ. Because 100%, you mentioned him earlier, Gary Glitter does not get played on the radio. No, no. Albeit, funny enough, one of his songs was used in that Joker film. The latest Joker film, one of his songs got used. I guess that was quite an intentional. Rock and Roll Part 2 or something. I don't know, but do you know what I mean? Like, even if the music's really good, should you be playing it? I don't know. And the Gary Glitter actually isn't that good. Yeah, I know. Well, exactly. Yeah, that's... I saw him at Glastonbury once. No way, Rolf Harris. Rolf Harris is his wonderful. What year was that? Uh, 2004. Nice. I've only been to Glastonbury once, and it's 2007, and it was officially the wettest Glastonbury ever of all time. Right. It was just... I was so exhausted all day just wading in the mud. He was supporting Radiohead or something. (laughs) No way. Yeah, Radiohead. He was on the pyramid stage. Bloody hell. So much of his music looks really bad in hindsight. Like two little boys. Yeah. yeah, I think that's kind of a nice. I mean, okay, yeah, but it's a nice song, isn't it? I don't get wrote it, did he? Dear, oh dear. Let's play. Let's play. Let's play. Yeah, I don't know. Actually. I don't know. Okay. I sort of know it. No, no, no. Oh yeah, I said you and the music I'm the worst person to host a podcast that I don't know any tunes. Uh, by the way, what time is it? How long have we been playing? Okay, well, maybe we should think about wrapping it up. Okay, whatever. I mean, this will tell me what time we started. Yeah, it's been about an hour. We've talked about some great stuff. We've covered a lot of, lot of guys. We've covered a lot. <laughs> Favourite violinist. With, with, with his passion violinist. He's got links to like the fucking FSB. Nice. There's a big secret about it. And that was what that big row was. Remember Carrie Simmons and Boris Johnson? Yeah. Yeah, in Camberwell. Yeah, in Camberwell. It was because, like, so it's amusing because he left. So he left his wife to be with Carrie Simmons, who he impregnated. And then as soon as he left her, he then started having another affair with this violin. Isn't it amazing that someone so vile and so shit in his know. can actually be the leader of... Uh, I, I was going to say, I, I was gonna say isn't it amazing that somebody so vile gets laid all the time? 
Changed a lot in 13 years. Well, we had eight members of staff when we started, um, and now we've got 57 this week. So, wow, yeah, we've got a lot of people here. It's growing, um, yeah, and it's, it's changed out a lot. Um, the, the smoking ban was going on as well, so people could smoke in the pub before then. Those are the so days, eh? Oh, yeah, we've changed it a lot. Yeah. Um, thanks for letting us do the podcast here, really appreciate it. Uh, and I just want to talk to you about how has the COVID situation affected your business? How have you had to adapt? Have you been helped out by the government? Like, what, what's the story? So, <coughs> we've had very little help from the government. The only help that we got was a reduction in business rates. Okay, a significant reduction? or? Well, yeah, £60,000 a year. Okay. So, that, that got written off. However, we got no grants whatsoever. So when a lot of businesses had 10, 20, 50,000 pounds worth of grants, our business rates were too high, so we, we got absolutely nothing. Right, and what, if because you got the decreased business rates, you couldn't get the grant? No, they just said that we were too big. So and if your business rates were over 100,000, oh, sorry, over 51,000 pounds, you didn't get a penny. So there's a basic saying, if you're a large business, you should be able to afford it, which is ridiculous, really. Um, so we had to put our staff on furlough pay, two months no one knew how to claim it so we had to pay our staff for two months before we could claim any of that back so it's all quite a scary experience yeah yeah it's touch and go for a long time um our landlords as well um our landlords are the second biggest brewer in the world and they didn't that's heineken well yeah i suppose you can say that um (laughs) but uh they didn't give us a penny off our rent all they did was defer the rent so we still have to pay it so we're shut for a third of the year we still have to pay all the rent on that time as well 100 percent of it so all that downtime and you still have to pay so we still have to pay all the rent yeah so it's it's not been much fun really uh, to be honest with you but we're one of the lucky ones as you can see we've got this big outside space here lovely space we had to reduce our seating by 25 percent
we've been doing live music for, for years and years, yeah. live jazz on Tuesdays. Um, got a Brazilian band in tonight, actually playing in the garden as well. Oh, cool. Um, and all, all the live stuff that we were doing was banned straight away as well. So all the musicians, they didn't have any work to do, DJs, all that kind of stuff. Even the pub quiz had to go. Pub quiz. But you know, people like going out and socialising and stuff like that. And, so and how have you been like getting it back to normality, like uh, step by step? I mean, with the live music, for example, it can't be put on in the same way due to limited capacity and things like that. So we've lost the standing room, so you can't actually go up and stand at the bar and watch the music going would you, on. Was, was the live music inside normally? We were normally doing it inside, but um, during the summer we've been doing it outside where, when we can, because there are less restrictions there, and we can perhaps be more vague, whether it's a performance or a group of friends getting around to play, to play with each other. Yeah, of course. The only challenge we had is we've got one neighbour, and unfortunately she doesn't like the music outside, so even though everyone else is happy with it, she's the only one that's complained in 13 years. It only takes one, doesn't it? Sure. I mean, you have to kind of respect their uh, opinion, but she, she, she bought a house next to a pub. I was going to say, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. You know, you know what you're getting. Well, kind of, yeah. 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 Oh, and uh, is the, the live music, is it going to be coming regular again soon? Can you see it in the future that you're going to be able to put live music on in the same way you were in the past? Or? We'll eventually get back to normal. I mean, we're probably looking at perhaps a second lockdown or more restrictions coming in the next few weeks. And the challenge the government's got is not enough people are dying for them to justify it. I know it sounds cruel, but it's the, That's the, way, the, way, the, world, it, like. it's the way of the economy. You know, there's only a few people dying that they can't justify shutting down the whole country. Yeah, in yeah. France, they've got 13,000 new cases and only 28 people died yeah, yesterday. Yeah. So, you know, it's more people dying than other stuff. So we're going to have changes for a little while. Um, in terms of what we're doing here, it's about what we can do about it. Because people always want somewhere to go to. Maybe you've tried our food today, and hopefully that was good for you as well. Uh, we haven't had it yet, actually. Oh, right, okay. so, Head Chef, as you know, he, he, he comes from the Ivy, and he cooked there for 10 years. Before the Ivy, here. the Ivy, the proper, the proper one. Yeah, not one of the franchises. And wow. Jay Shiki, a famous uh, fish restaurant, and Scott's in Mayfair. Wow. And the reason that he's here is because he's a business partner here. Okay. So he gets to cook his menu. I let him have you know carte blanche or whatever he wants to cook. And therefore, we've got a highly skilled chef work uh, in, in basically what wants a pub. Amazing. Um, so what we do here, though, to get back to the subject, is the next step for us to try and make the best of a bad situation yeah. is this whole outside area here. We've got a marquee coming here on Wednesday. Okay. So the whole of this place uh, of this beer garden is actually going to be covered for the whole of the winter till March oh, next cool. year. So the weather's turning on Wednesday, isn't it? Sorry? The weather's turning on Wednesday. Well, apparently, I mean, that's good luck. So we've had it booked in for uh, a couple of weeks. So, uh, yeah, so that all coincides. So it means that we should be able to get performances maybe inside, maybe outside. Fantastic. Because there would be a barrier up between us and this lady's house. So hopefully she won't get so much Fingers know, crossed, background yeah. noise coming through. So, yeah. It's an exciting thing for us. We've never done that before. Yeah. Before we were selling Christmas trees out here really? during, during, during the winter time. Wow. But we're better off having an area where we can use it for drinking and dining than we are just for selling Christmas trees for four weeks. No, it's good to just because it's all about just having a plan of action step by step. How do we get back to normality? And it's been difficult because it feels like mixed messages from the government, right? Yeah, I mean they don't know what they. They're, they're saying the best thing for them to keep their jobs. So no one's putting their life on the line yeah. so they don't get fired so yeah, they'll, they'll you know wishy-washy about it and there's no real direction it is the first time that they're going through this but still you know there are governments dealing with this better
Well put, yeah, well put. Um, is this probably, this must have been maybe the hardest time for you as a, or in a pub in, in your career, right? The challenges of this? Um, it's been one of the hardest times. My um, three-year court case against my landlord, whose name we won't mention, was probably a bit harder. Just because <laughs> three-year court case. Yeah, I mean it was a six-figure um, bill for, for the lawyers and the barrister. Um, and luckily, we won, so they had to pay for most of it. But it wasn't all of it. What, what was the what was the grievance? My um, we, we had a tied lease, and we were allowed to go free of tie, um, which means tied leases for years it had a bad reputation about. Um, the landlord being, sorry, the tenant being screwed by too much money. And ours was a classic case of that, where our rent was 28% of the turnover, which is far, far too high. So the government, after years of complaining, put in this process where you go free of tie, because it's meant to be the same as, as uh, if you were uh, tied free of tie. There shouldn't be much difference. Yeah, okay. So our landlord said, well, as they're a brewer, we should have to buy their beer. Oh, okay, that's fine, that's fair enough. They said, 100% of our beer. Exclusively. We don't sell 100% of your beer at the moment, anyway, so why yeah, should we yeah. in the future? We don't care. So we had to go to the judge. Mr. Halliwell was right. He, he, it's only 62.5%. So they said, all right, quite, uh, the landlord's tried again. It's 75%. Oh, for Christ's sake. Back to the judge. So the judge had a court case, and um, you know, luckily we won, and, yeah. uh, and they lost. Is, is that, there's no precedent for that in any pubs where you have to only exclusively sell beer from one... Well, not really. I mean, even tied leases, even when we were fully tied, we still had other beers. Yeah, that I was going to say, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, for example, Guinness and, and whatever so, else. So that was, was a totally about. new thing they were trying to trying to pull? Well, they were just trying to, uh, for me, uh, I, I can't say from their point of view, for me it seemed like they were just trying to make it as inconvenient as possible to have this free of tie lease. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, um, you know, one way they were screwing me for a lot of money, it's free of tie, I've got judged as a free of tie house as well. We had an independent um, assessor come in to judge what the rent was, and it was a lot lower than what it was as a tied house. Yeah, of course, yeah, of course. Well, good job you won anyway, because that well, would have been yeah. quite a big bill to pick up at the end of it. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, we were pushed to pay their costs as well, but the judge said no to that too, so, uh, you know, we are where we are. So, we, we did the court case, and then just as we're getting all the bills paid for that, then we're suddenly into um, COVID, so yeah, it's been... A challenging four years really. Well hey man, it's an incredible place, it's a beautiful beer Thank garden, you. looks fantastic inside, Thanks. amazing food, it's a cool place man. Uh, we'll definitely be coming back. Yeah, great music. Yeah. You know. I've, seen some, I've seen some great gigs here. Yeah. Yeah. So the jazz boys that play down here are world class. Um, so Ian Thomas is the drummer that plays down quite often and he'll be playing with Paul McCartney doing the session with him on a Tuesday, Eric Clapton on a Thursday, and he's back into the Woodman for playing for 80 quid on a Tuesday night. <laughs> That's a typical musician. It's a musician's here, life, isn't it? So, Incredible. Uh, yeah, Incredible. Uh, the, uh, the Brazilian music tonight, the guy that's uh, organising that, Carl, Carl Smith is the uh, guy that co-wrote Stomp the Musical. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, they're, they're full of world-class musicians, Amazing. so yeah, it's, it's, it's very good. And uh, hopefully more of it to come. As, yeah, exactly. As, as, as hopefully you guys have had a good time and enjoyed it. Oh, we'd be loving it, man. We'll have a great time. have you back here as well. Fingers crossed. Yeah, we'd love it, man. Yeah. I'd love to do it. All right, we're going to play one more tune and okay. then we're going to wrap it up. Yeah, lovely. Tom, okay. thanks yeah, for talking yeah, no to us, pal. Really appreciate Cheers. it. Thanks so much. Yeah. Amazing. Come on, Toby.
Cheers, lads. Hey, thanks very much. Hey, John, how are you? Cool. Thanks, Adam. All right. Nice one, everybody.